Hi, and welcome to America Can We Talk. I'm Debbie George Addis. Today on our show, we're going to talk about conspiracy theory, a tool of censorship. Kyle Sims joins me to talk about removing porn and other bad stuff from public schools and trendy Satanism, not just at the Grammy Awards. And of course, I'll tell you why these stories matter to you. Stay tuned. On America Can We Talk, I talk about election integrity, border security, healthcare freedom, race relations, energy and tax policy, education policy, free speech and assembly, freedom of religion, and all other issues that touch on the God-given right of every American to life, liberty, and the pursuit of their version of happiness. Stay tuned. And hello and welcome to America Can We Talk and today's first five. I'm Debbie George Addis. A lot of you probably already know this, but I just learned about this recently. And that was where in the world the term conspiracy theory came from. As you know, over the last many years, every time a revelation comes out and the public is questioning something, quite often you'll hear first government officials and then their often echo chamber in the media talk about conspiracy theorists. It's kind of an eye-rolling description. Oh yeah, conspiracy theorists at it again. And, you know, it is a very, I will talk in a moment about what a very powerful tool that is to really silence Americans. It's a powerful tool to make people kind of want to shut up and certainly not to spread the word um, or uh, even investigate because they don't want to be lumped in the category of conspiracy theorists. Before I give you a list of those things, I'll tell you that where it came from is very interesting. And it came from, is actually a term that was developed by the CIA when they were trying to silence questioning about the Warren Commission, you know, the investigation into the assassination of John F. Kennedy, and there was a Warren Commission created and looked into it, and they decided and announced that the only uh, answer to uh, who killed John F. Kennedy um, was you know, just a, a lone actor. There was not any, all these crazy conspiracy theories that people um, were coming out with. So that was the Warren Commission conclusion. And shortly after that, people, especially it's interesting because I do this show from Dallas, Texas, and of course, been to the Sixth Floor Museum and the Grassy Knoll, all the area down there. And there is a, an official museum, the Sixth Floor Museum. It shows you uh, all that they uh, claim occurred. And then there are, of course, people who are spreading other kinds of information and or suspicions about what really happened with John F. Kennedy. I'm not going to go into that topic today, although my husband and I just received um, as a gift, a new book on that topic. And I do want to read that and understand more about the current thinking. But the point is, early on, the CIA decided they did not want the American public challenging this whole description, uh, this conclusion out of the Warren Commission. And they, the CIA, developed a term called, which is conspiracy theory. And you know it and you hear it all the time when people who are questioning Things that now, um, you know, all of us know more and more about, but early on, people use, question anything the government is trying to issue as what must be believed, and anyone who doubts it is guilty of being a conspiracy theorist. So, conspiracy theory was developed. Now, I'll tell you, as researching this today, I'll tell you about the book where you, is pretty definitive in describing that, but also want to tell you about all of the efforts by the government to shut down this story, or in fact, there was a story that was saying conspiracy theory, a CIA source is a conspiracy theory. Just basically saying the CIA had no, they have no idea where this came from. I will tell you, there was a book written by a professor named Lance DeHaven Smith in 2013. It's a peer reviewed book, meaning it's not just his research, but others looked at it as well. And he's a University of Texas, uh, University of Texas Press published it. And they're the ones that really kind of formally said this conspiracy theory idea was developed by the CIA as a means of undercutting critics of the Warren Commission report uh, that, that just basically said President Kennedy was killed by Oswald. And the use of the term was promoted by the media, uh, in the media, by the CIA. And they encouraged the CIA and other government entities, encouraged the media to use that term when they're trying to shut down conversations. And I will tell you that I'm going to order that book. I just found out about it today. Um, but I want to just tell you, uh, it's very powerful because people, generally speaking, they want to be respected and they want to think that others think that they have intellect and intelligence. And once you're lumped into conspiracy theorist category, 
they assume, and, and rightly, that others will say, well, I wouldn't believe her or him about this because after all, they're conspiracy theorists. They think this or that. And there are, of course, real conspiracy theories, uh, one of them being prevalent, or I don't know how prevalent, but at least in some quarters, the idea that the Earth is flat. Okay, you can believe that, and people say it, but you know, there's no credibility to that. There's, there's, you don't worry about these people. But there are conspiracy theories, or there are people who are, with intelligence and information, questioning something the government is trying to tell you as what, you, what must be believed. So I want to just tell you uh, a few of those examples. One was uh, when COVID came along, uh, there were people saying that COVID actually came from a lab in Wuhan. And early on, anyone who said that, that COVID came from a lab in Wuhan, was a conspiracy theorist because the storyline the government and the Chinese government was pushing is it must have been accidentally released uh, bats in some you know uh, market in uh, wet market in China. That was the original story. That's where it came from. And now, of course, everyone knows that the COVID virus was developed and released um, unintentionally or intentionally, I think intentionally, uh, from a lab in Wuhan. It was a conspiracy theorist a theory that there had been uh, funding from the federal government to develop that. And that was called a conspiracy theory. And now it's a known fact. Yes, Anthony Fauci and team funded the uh, gain-of-function research out of Wuhan that led us to the COVID virus. It was a conspiracy theory, or at least kind of a right-wing silly story, uh, that there were effective remedies for COVID in the form of ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, inhaled budesonide, and people who were talking about that were mocked with the same tone as, as though they're being called conspiracy theorists, which now, of course, everyone paying attention understands those are very, very effective remedies. And the, the list goes on and on. There's also uh, the many examples related to climate change. We've had experts on the show talking about climate change and talking about the uh, just overwhelming evidence that we really don't have a problem with CO2 levels in our atmosphere at all. There is no problem with the CO2 levels in our environment. But the climate theorists, the, the climate alarmists, must have Americans and people around the world believe in climate change because it gives them power. And so the people who question climate change or anything uh, related to climate change are called conspiracy theorists, even though the facts come out and actually support the people who are questioning the extreme climate alarmist agenda. Final example I'll give you has to do with election fraud. You know, the, and still today, I was looking up uh, about for another um, show coming up, looking up something about elections. And, you know, the person who um, I was looking up about was described as a conspiracy theorist because they actually questioned the integrity of the 2020 elections. And if you listen to the show very often, you know, there are countless examples of actual undeniable evidence of massive manipulation of our election system. So what do you do when you actually care about truth and you pay attention to the news? Now I can't tell you my tips, you may have others. Number one, become suspicious whenever you hear labeling from the media and from the government that something is a conspiracy theory. It should be a red flag in your thinking. Not that you should believe everything that's labeled a conspiracy theory, but you should wonder why the government is going to such a great length to shut down conversation about it. Why are they trying to mock and ridicule and silence people who talk about it? Number two, do your own research. There are many, many available sources online. You do not have to agree um, with, with the official word out of Washington or out of mainstream media. Plenty of sources. Do your own research. Do it here first. Come to America Can We Talk. You can put in a search bar on our website, find all sorts of great experts we've interviewed, but do your own research. And number three, ask yourself, in assessing who's accurate or not on some topic, who's making money? Because often, with a, a great example of being out of COVID, the biopharmaceutical companies, the FDA, the federal agencies, they're making hand over fist money out of what they're pushing uh, in response to the COVID uh, vaccine. And, and yet the people, the doctors, who are trying to say other things work and they work well, they're not making money. They, in fact, the remedies they're suggesting are not even, uh, they're, they're past the time the patent has expired, they're inexpensive medications. So you ought to ask yourself, who's making money and who's got some other motive? Who has some other motive to push a certain storyline? If you ask yourself these questions, you're going to end up more likely figuring out what you really think. And I, last one, I'll repeat again. If you read from a mainstream media source or from the government that something is a conspiracy theory, 
at least remember where the term came from and remember that the idea of where this term came from, it really relates to theory, recognizing it was a, a thing put in place, a position put in place, um, a, a psyops for lack of a better word, um, about that re relates to COVID um, and many other things. If it's called a conspiracy theory, do your own research and look it up. And that, my very fine friends, is today's first five. So I told you we had a guest joining us. Um, I've actually come across this gentleman on social media and some political functions. Um, had not uh, really talked to him in depth until a little earlier today. We have Kyle Sims joining us. And I'm going to tell you just briefly before we get, turn to Kyle Sims and have him talk to us about his, active, um, his real activism here in the great state of Texas, um, focusing on what's taught in public schools and how public ch uh, school children, uh, what they're being persuaded to believe. But before I say that, I want to say one more piece about this, uh, just one introductory idea. When you run for Texas State House, Texas State Senate, U.S. Congress, U.S. Senate, on the conservative side, it's very easy and uncontroversial to say, I'm going to talk about taxes. We want low taxes. We want limited government, a limited regulatory environment. We believe in free speech. You can say a bunch of things that are kind of red meat to most uh, conservative voters, and those are pretty safe. Everyone expects Republicans to stand for those things. They, not they always do it, but they expect it. But when you come to the idea of talking about the content of things being talked about in public schools, when you talk about the CRT agenda, which we've talked about many times on this show, the critical race theory agenda, you've talked about grooming, sexual grooming, transgender sexual grooming of small children. When you talk about having drag queen shows in public venues, when you talk about those kind of issues, many, many alleged conservatives might nod along as you're talking, but they won't take action. They won't speak up. They don't even really want to be on public record speaking firmly against it because these are things that get conservatives in trouble with what I used to call the Twitter mob. And now it's just really the left-wing mob. They will shut you down, mock and ridicule you, kind of like you're treated as a conspiracy theorist or at least some right-wing extremist if you talk about these issues, but fighting against the sexualization of our children, the grooming of children in public schools, it is an important a battle in defending and saving America as it is to fight in the military or protect the border or all sorts of other really big fights we have in this country. Protecting our children is everything about America's future. So with that, I'll have join us, please, Kyle Sims. Maybe thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. It's great to see you, sir. Appreciate your joining us today. And, um, you know, I uh, we're doing my show from home and you are too, so I hope we're technically kind of connecting okay. Um, and um, I want to just start with, you are really active in the, um, you're speaking out in, in public schools. Um, just quickly, if you would, tell us your background. Like, how did you get uh, your background working and then why did you get involved in speaking out so much in the public school battles? Well, uh, I retired from the school system back in 2016 after 32 years. And after I retired, I got involved really heavily in politics. I was a precinct chair, a caucus chair, and worked on some campaigns and uh, just got really intrigued by everything that's being taught to these kids, especially in the last couple of years. It's just really gotten out of hand. And my wife and I have six grandchildren, and I just felt the need to that I was being called to get in the fight. Okay, I'm, excuse me, I'm trying to adjust my sound settings here. We're not working very well with the studio today. I'm not sure what's happening there, sorry. So I love that you got involved in the schools. You know, the things that I have in mind today to talk about and um, and I wanna have you hear, to hear you about. So you're, you're working in North Texas schools and you're quickly just even for our nationwide audience, the name of this, people look at Texas and they think, well, everything's fine there because you got you got conservatives in charge. You have you know, largely a Christian ethos in our society down here, our culture. So you probably don't have these big problems. So quickly tell us if you would to start with, what are the areas uh, in Texas you're working? I know you mentioned Prosper in the phone. What are the other areas? Oh, we go all over. Uh, Prosper, Anna, Plano, Frisco, uh, Salina, Prosper, Princeton, uh, all all the little, a lot of the little towns around here are where we're really being infiltrated by these left wing, and I'll, I'll just tell them what they are, they're Satanists. That's what I'm dealing with now in, in several towns here in North Texas. 
and they're they're becoming more bold in their actions and what they want to do is they want to bring their you know they call it their religion they want to bring their religion into the schools and get anything to do with christianity or freedom like we understand freedom out of the schools okay you know it's kind of interesting i am going to in the last segment of the show today uh turn and talk more about satanism and um because i i'm I, I was telling you earlier in the show today, or on our call today, I, for the longest time, would have thought that Satanism, I mean, it's kind of a fringe element, it's just a bunch of nuts, and you, and, you know, you don't really care what they think about much of anything, and, and it's only a handful of crazies, what's actually come to be clear is that there are actually a lot of, it's a growing movement, and I have a video, um, I want to, we're going to play a little later in the show, uh, by a woman who's talking about the um, the move, the Satanist movement in this country, and um, part of what she's talking about. In fact, you know, let's just quick play that now, Ziggy. If you could have that clip, because I want to just tell you how big the Satanist movement is in this world. And, and Ziggy, this is the one. Um, uh, it is the um, oh, sugar plums. I'm not seeing it easily. Um, from Reason Magazine, there's a woman who's talking about why Satanism has grown. Can you quick play that? Beware, literal-minded theists, the satanic temple is coming to a city hall near you, where devotees of Beelzebub plan to drink blood-like liquids, perform fetishized faux-fetus flagellation, and challenge the legality of that beloved Ten Commandments tablet outside your municipal courthouse. So the satanic temple is a new religious organization that was founded in 2013, kind of as a prank, but very quickly gained a huge amount of authentic followers. Theatrical stunts aside, the satanic temple support of free Freedom of expression, sexual liberation, and separation of church and state would seem to make them a libertarian-y bunch. But okay, I'm so, I'm sorry to get on my seat. I'm trying to adjust this system here is not functioning well today. Okay, well anyway, uh, what I want to talk about is uh, on the Satanism stuff. People would have thought, well, that doesn't really happen anywhere. It's just a bunch of extremists. Mostly, it doesn't really relate to um, what's happening um, in our schools, but. Actually, I, I came to realize after I prepared for today's show, the whole Satanism movement, it is not just luring kids to think, hey, wouldn't it be cool to worship Satan? But it's really, it's wrapped up in the transgender agenda. It's wrapped up in the, um, uh, the sexualization of children agenda. It's wrapped up in much of it, the anti-American agenda, the anti-Christian values. It's kind of an amazing cluster of things that the the anti-American movement has brought to the school. So tell us some of the things that you came across, please, Cal Sims, you came across in public schools that caused you to be very concerned and become more of an activist. Well, one parent in, in particular in McKinney is transitioning his daughter as we speak. And he's one of these Satanists that's been very vocal against me to the point he even tries to cancel me speaking at public engagements here in North Texas. And it's not happening here locally, but across the nation, we're starting to see they're having after-school Satan programs for these children that would typically go to after-school basketball program or learning program. They're wanting to bring Satanism into the schools. Uh, we're seeing all kinds of stuff in the schools that is not necessarily tied to Satanism, but the rainbow flags and the furries and the the United States flag in rainbow colors. I mean, it's just taken over our schools. You know, it really has. And Kyle, one thing I noticed, um, I think, I'm not sure where I got it from, but, you know, the debate is on the left. Well, you know, we're just trying to expose kids to all sides, uh, at, at all sides of the argument. And this whole thing about, you know, what we put up in flag, in the rainbow flags in school or what we argue about the, uh, the agenda, uh, they're just trying to, bring both sides of the argument to the to the public schools and it's become i think conservatives were asleep at the wheel for a long time we didn't realize what the left was doing but and i'm thrilled for your activism but i think for example the rainbow flag thing they would say well we're just trying to expose them to all different ways of thinking and it takes people committed to understanding truth and committed to fighting to say no because what you're really doing is you're enticing kids, you're enticing young children 
when you expose them to transgender arguments and you tell them they can define their own gender and you tell them that uh, everything about the transgender lifestyle or just the LGBTQ agenda more broadly, you're not informing, you're advocating. Does it, does it have that feel to it? The kids are being kind of advocated. Uh, they are advocated because they're, they're sending, even in Prosper, Texas, and, and I'll bet that's sending home surveys to kids that ask what their pronoun, preferred pronouns are. They're uh, asking them why white people hate, hate black people. I mean, and these surveys are going home to some children without their parents' knowledge. And I encourage parents to get online because almost everything's online in schools. They have a district issued iPad. I would encourage all parents to go on their children's iPad, log in with their information and see what these kids are being every single day. Because if you do not know that and you don't do this, you're not gonna know what they're learning. That is so true. And, I, and one thing you mentioned, I was, I meant to have it ready to have, um, to have uh, Ziggy put it up on the screen, but someone posted, and I, and I wish I had grabbed the screen grab and it's to what you're referring at, what you're referring to. So it was a, a, an allegedly an, a punctuation assignment, an assignment to say, you know, which of these four sentences is written with correct punctuation. So you could have put, you know, uh, Susie got a new, uh, you know, puppy said John or something like that would be innocuous. But the sentence that they were asked to, to choose among the uh, correct punctuation was something along the lines of, uh, you know, so-and-so asked, why do white people treat people of color so badly? Uh -huh. I mean, so it's just the advocacy, the unspoken advocacy for the left-wing idea that America is a deeply racist country. It is, and, and I, I was kind of blown away by that, but these are young kids who are learning punctuation and it's so insidious and so um, stealth in the way it got into the curriculum. I would think some teachers don't even look at it and recognize it as left-wing um, indoctrination. But what do you think? The teachers know what's going on or they don't know? Well, I will say there's a lot of teachers that do know what's going on. We have a few teachers behind the scenes that send us information but they're afraid to go public because they're afraid they're going to lose their position uh, that they have now. So we have a lot of people behind the scenes that feed us this stuff. And then I post it. I'm not worried about being canceled. I'm not fearful of these people. I'm going to fight for my grandchildren, everybody else's children. And if it takes me to put that stuff out, then that's what we're going to do. I love that. So you're in North Texas and you've become, I will just tell our listeners, uh, Kyle Sims has become kind of a legend up here because he is, he, he organizes parents to go to schools. He shows up at school board meetings and just presents to them what it is he's challenging, what he's troubled by, what the, what the school's doing. Um, and it's kind of, I mean, it's been an explosion over the last couple of years, uh, especially since, uh, he who occupies the white house took over, but it's been an explosion of parents saying, we're not just going to let the schools indoctrinate our kids. So we have indoctrination in, in terms of kids being taught that, you know, just in America's inherently racist country, which is why you would put out a punctuation assignment like that. But you also have been focusing on the content of literature in the libraries uh, and, and in public schools largely. Can you talk a little bit about that? Like what kinds of things are you flagging and asking them to remove? Well, this is really just pornographic material. Uh, in, in McKinney, for example, there's been over 300 books identified. And what these school boards are doing, they're mostly Democrats. And if you don't follow the process 110%, they find a reason to boot that, that grievance out. And I would encourage people to start filing grievances with these boards to make sure you're following procedure. But I mean, it's very, I can't even say the stuff online, baby, it's so nasty. Uh, we have a couple of people that's read those excerpts from the books and the board, you know, they just, their faces just go numb when they're reading this in public, but they're, they're reading this stuff in school, but yet they don't want us reading it at board meetings, which I find pretty ironic that they don't want the information out to the public. Yeah. You know, that's the, uh, I was going to tell you, I, um, I think I was telling you earlier, somebody was posting online. This was a, a book that was available, I think in the, you know, elementary school, certainly in young ages of junior high school. And they just took an excerpt from the book and just published the pages right, right on, I think it was Facebook. And the, and, you know, I was sitting in my office reading it. I didn't really, I was scrolling through and said, oh, that's interesting. 
honestly, I'm all by myself at home. And it, I was embarrassed. I mean, I, I, I don't read pornographic stuff, but it was a very, and I, it, I wouldn't read out loud in the show, extremely sexually explicit description of young teenagers involved in, in, you know, in sexual intimacy in the most graphic, I, I mean, even it, it wasn't, um, it was just, it, I can't even think of the word, lurid, graphic. And I was reading, I was thinking, well, okay, this is terrible, but certainly if the schools know about it, they would take it out. They just kind of, some of this slipped in under the radar. But is it your sense that the, the schools are kind of okay with it and are really more bothered that the parents are complaining or are, and, and where is the school sitting in all this? Well, most of your boards in this area are just afraid to get, even get involved in such the situation. Uh, South Lake ISD, which is a little bit west of us, really put the hammer down. These superintendents and these school boards have the authority to remove this, these books if they want to without even going through the process. But they want you to spend months and months and months going through their grievance process of level one, level two, and level three hearing. And it may take eight months to go through that. When in fact, they have the power to remove those books right now. And they just don't want to do it. They're afraid to cave to the, to the left more than they are on the right. And I want to add, you mentioned this at the first of your program. People need to remember that Republicans have been in charge of Texas legislation for over 20 years. That includes the governor. So if we're controlling Austin with Republicans, why are we not putting our foot down with our legislators and putting a stop to this? I love that point. Before I want to get the legislature in just one second, but I also think it's interesting when you've been going to school boards, it happens around the country. Virginia has been uh, very popular in the news about that, but other places too. Parents show up. School board, I mean, you can say, well, in a parent a community, a parent in a community didn't get to hire the teachers. They didn't get to hire the principals, the administrators, the librarians. I mean, those are outside the control of the parents and the voters, but the school board members are actually elected here in the great state of Texas, we elect them. And so I would think when you show up at school boards, not just you, but others, the school boards would be the ones who are supposed to reflect the will of the people. They're supposed to reflect the, um, you know, you know they, they were chosen by the voters. They ought to be the ones that saying, okay, okay, we'll look into it. But even they, I, I've seen uh, some of the clips of them, but even they seem completely uninterested in what the parents are saying. I, I mean, I just, I, I guess I'm asking you to affirm that, but I, I find that mind blowing. They're not worried about losing their jobs. They're not worried about getting voted out, right? No, they're not. And, and that's why more people need to get engaged. We have been so complacent in Texas for the last, I would say at least 10 years, that it's giving these people empowerment to think. I mean, we've got a school board in McKinney that's been on the board for 39 years. 39 years she's been on the board. And this year she's being challenged by a pretty good candidate. And we're hoping to win that, but you're right. It's just like our legislators. I've, I have begged our legislators for six months to come to a board meeting. And I, I have yet to see one show up. I mean, if we're fighting a Republican legislator, legislature, we're fighting school boards and we're fighting left-wing mayors, it's gonna take grassroots to make a difference in this. We just have to keep showing up and voicing what we need to say. We really do. And I do think for that there was a sense uh, that this was going to be a trend. There's parents showing up at school boards and challenging the CRT agenda, challenging anti-Americanism, challenging the sexualization of children, challenging the uh, really gender transition, encouragement of children, uh, all of that. People thought it was going to be a trend. These people get tired of it and they'll go home. But actually, what you're doing and around the country, it's really picking up steam. I mean, people are just realizing because for those who don't feel they can homeschool or have an alternative to the public school, this is how, this is where the kids spend five days a week. This is what their kids, their worldview is being shaped by. So I, I love the energy of it. Let's turn to the legislature. What exactly should the Texas legislature do? Well, my personal opinion, I think they need to number one, they need to ban drag queen shows that have anything to do with minors. And 90% of the drag queen shows we're seeing in North Texas have minors walking up on stage, putting money in the dancers' waistlines while they're dancing and they're twerking. And our legislators have known this for months and months, but yet they want to pass legislation that has no teeth in it. And most of them are 
are caving to their Democrats where they have to give them a little piece of the puzzle. So we're really not getting any bills with teeth in it to stop this crap that's going on in our schools and to stop these drag queen shows in Princeton, Texas, which is a very small town east of us. Now the, now the Satanists and the drag queens are wanting to have their functions inside the schools. Yep. And they're saying, if y'all don't allow us to do this, then you have to stop all other activities going on in your school. We have no courage in this state right now. That's what we need is courage. We do need courage for sure. That video I showed earlier, that woman um, who's head of the some Satanist thing, she was making the point that the first the Satanist club kind of started as a spoof because she said she's a lifelong atheist, but she really just, this group got going as a spoof. But they really now, the Satanist agenda, Satanist kind of national agenda, it is to push away at, to pick away at school districts in areas which are open to Christian and really Judeo-Christian ideas. There's this, you know, if, if after school Bible club or after school good news club, some back east, I think that's a popular thing, the back, good news club is after school Bible study or just Christian club. Um, wherever those are, they want to push so it's not really, I mean, the Satanist thing is, it's obviously evil to its core, but it is designed to say, we're not going to tolerate Christian, um, the presence of Christianity in public schools, even after school. It's very targeted um, at schools that, that support Christian um, faith at all. And, and they do make the argument, well, okay, it's, you know, we're the Satanists, you're Christians, that's two religions. I kind of want to, I mean, Satanism is just, it, it is such an evil. There has to be thought in schools. It rises above just the, oh, it's all equivalent. They're Satanists. We're Christians. I guess we all compile in and we can all say what we want. There has to be just a, a moral uh, denouncement by Christians around the country, just by parents around the country. I don't even believe Democrat parents, liberal parents, really want their kids going to school and lured into Satanism. I, I, I truly think that. But the legislature, you should. You're right. And there's one guy, hasn't Senator Brian Slayton, he's introduced one bill to say no drag queens for kids here in Texas, right? He is. Uh, Representative Brian Slayton and Senator Bob Hall are our two heroes because those two are fighting the front lines. They're not afraid to speak their mind. And they are not selling out to the what I call rhinos or the Democrats. They're standing firm on their position, and we're thankful for them. Well, I sure hope they can do so, so, Kyle, you, I know, I was going to, say to our listeners, I said earlier, you organize people, you show up and you make the arguments and you keep making them and you don't care if you're criticized, which is really, you have to have pretty thick skin to get involved in these kind of things because the mockery mob is pretty is uh, big and they're, uh, the Satanists and there's one guy in North Texas who's, whatever his mental health problem is, he's uh, identified as a Satanist. He's coming after you, trying to shut down when you hold meetings to teach parents what's happening, encourage them. So I really commend your bravery. What if other people hearing this want to help? Like, where do they go to even sign up and figure out how to help this effort to get this rot out of the public schools? Well, on Facebook, my page is public. It's just my name on Facebook, Kyle K.D. Sims. And on Twitter, I'm at PatriotTXS. Uh, those are my two major platforms. We go... I mean, I do all this on my own time. My beautiful wife of 30 years goes with me. We do this on our own time. We speak wherever somebody wants to hear us. And uh, we travel all over just to make parents aware that the dangers that are coming for our children in Texas schools. And I might add that for those of you who don't know in Dallas, there is a satanic temple, 15,000 members strong in Dallas, Texas, and it's spreading up north. Okay, I actually meant to, I'm glad you reminded me about that. I have to tell you folks, I think, I mean, you think of these sweet little church, I mean, there are a lot of big mega churches and they're kind of traditional Protestant denominations and Catholic churches, but these sweet little denominations, small number of members, and then you have a satanic temple in Dallas, Texas with 15,000 members. It helps you realize, it causes you to realize this is more than just people wary about Christianity or unhappy about Christianity. This is a, this is a, a push to drive Christianity out of, out of America, drive it out of popularity and culture to replace, you know, worship of at least worship of God in the Judeo-Christian scriptures and, and, uh, you know, following of Jesus for Christians. 
This is a is an absolute. It's bigger than just whether little Johnny hears about Satanism at school. It is a movement to change the culture of America. Fifteen thousand people. Um, so I, one last anything else? Last parting shot you want to share with our our listeners today? Uh, I'd just, love to have you go ahead and do that, Kyle Sims. I just wanted to add, and if you're going to a church and your pastor's not speaking up about this, you need to speak to your pastor and their congregation. I just spoke to a church up north at Kings Trail Cowboy Church in White Rock, Texas last Sunday, over 500 people. And I was amazed by the response I've got and the people that want to get involved now. So don't be afraid to speak to your church. They need to get involved. They need to speak up. All of us have our duty to do our duty to protect these children. So, Kyle, you actually speak in, uh, like, as part of the church service or at church meetings? Where are you speaking? How are you doing this? I'm, I have spoken at a couple of churches. They invite me to come speak. They give me about 10 or 15 minutes right before the sermon, and then we talk with them afterwards. I love that. So if people want to invite you to do that, they can go to your Facebook page and, and send you a note. Is that how it works? Yes, ma'am. They can reach out to me, and, and uh, my number's on my face, my phone number and email's on my Facebook page. I don't hide anything. They they find me very easily. I love it. Kyle Sims, I, I know you're busy. I know you are because you're, you are really in demand and especially parents in North Texas count on people like you to keep us informed. When is the next school board meeting and all these school uh, boards, er, these areas around uh, North Texas, when is their meeting? What's the issue? When are we going to show up? I know that there are women that you, uh, you and I both know who are active too in this effort. And they go around, uh, in fact, one I'll quickly mention, I'll let you go. There's one mom, and you mentioned her earlier. Uh, in fact, I think her kids are grown, but she goes into the school board meetings and she starts reading out loud the content of some of these pornographic books in the school libraries. And she's interrupted by the board members who said, you can't talk like that. You can't speak that way. This is, I mean, they're, they're embarrassed. Everyone's embarrassed. And she's saying, well, if I can't say this in a school board meeting, why can books our kids can check out from the library why can the book say that? I mean, it's a really effective thing. I have to say, I think that people's consciences are being pricked by this. I think what your activity does and others is making a lot of people realize if they didn't pay any attention before, uh, what our schools are doing to our kids. And then, you know, as obviously they're molded and shaped by teachers and books and assignments, and they emerge eventually as our future voters and future leaders in this country. And so what you're doing is you're really protecting and guiding and, and looking out for America's future by your activity at the schools in Texas. So I just want to thank you very much for what you do. Baby, thank you for having me. I really appreciate your time. Great to have you, sir. Thank you so much. Thank you. Okay, my friends, on this, I got to tell you, I said it earlier, I'm going to say it again about this whole Satanism stuff. For the longest time, I've had friends who send me, and I have a lot of friends who send me text messages. You should talk about this on your show. What about this? What about this? And people send me things about Satanism. And I honestly think, thought for the longest time, there's really, you know, there's, I mean, these are crazy people. I almost hate to give them any oxygen because they're so, you know, ridiculous. And we don't want to be worshiping, uh, encouraging, or putting the news out about Satanism. But actually, we're at a place where there's more and more of this um, pushing toward Satanism to be recognized as a competing religion with Christianity. And on top of that, we're watching the, um, I know we're having a sound problem here too. Uh, we are having this Satanism thing uh, take hold in, um, in areas around Texas is it, simply mind blowing um, and around the country. So a lot of people saw the Grammys over the weekend. Allow me to say, I never watched the Grammys, never, ever, ever watched the Grammys or any other thing where Hollywood is celebrating itself because I don't, I just don't want to have, be bothered with it. I think it's crazy. But there were things at the Grammys that this year, for the first time, a lot of people were saying, you know, this is, this is completely out of control because it was a very open advocacy for Satanism and, and a, a display of Satanism um, in the Grammys. So I'm going to start with uh, Mr. Ziggy, who is uh, stepping in today from Milio. Uh, there was a tweet that Ted Cruz put out, and he was actually quoting, uh, he was responding to something that Liz Wheeler put out. But this is a performance at the Grammys, which, you know, fewer and fewer watched, but still uh, considered appropriate and titillating to the Grammys audience. If you can quick play that, please, Milio. Oh, I'm 
What you're watching there, it was just a little bit of a teasing of the performance, but these are the winners of the Grammy. Grammy winner, Sam Smith, um, who along with Kim Petras, and I think it's Sam Smith is uh, defines himself as non-binary and uh, Kim Petras is uh, something else, transitioning. The point is at the Grammys, what they're doing is the entire entertainment was people uh, dressed in devil costume, red, you know, flames everywhere signifying hell, and everything about it was satanic and uh, grotesque. I mean, just a, a the entire performance, supposed to be, you know, celebrating a quality of singing, um, entire performance was just, was just grotesque, and they were the winners. And the, the song they won on was called um, Unholy. That's the name of the song, Unholy. And I printed out the lyrics, and I'm telling you that I couldn't even read them to you. It was basically, you know, about um, uh, about marital infidelity and, you know, how exciting what was happening inside this marriage. I mean, just, it was just, it's just grotesque, a celebration of not just adultery, but perversion. And, and so this, this unholy song and uh, this guy, Sam, or whatever it is, wants to be referred to, um, the, the four, it has a four studio album named um, Gloria, um, along with um, German born singer and songwriter who's uh, you know, transitioning, Kim Petrus. The song is so not just racy or suggestive, just grotesque. And the way they chose to present it for our radio listeners, you probably saw it or you've seen little excerpts, but you know, everything about the staging, the scenery, the actors, the costume is just as sensual and disgusting. I mean, it's just about celebrating Satan. And so, you know, you can get turned off by that and, and people, and actually fewer, fewer people watch the Grammys, but you know, what it really says about our culture is these be the kind of things, honestly, I think even 20 years ago, people would think, well, you can't put that on television. No one's going to like that. No one's going to want to see that. Or, and you would just be personally embarrassed. You would just think, well, I don't want that to represent who I am, what I am. But actually, that's exactly what happened at the Grammys. Uh, it was just a you know pure evil. Ted Cruz's tweet was, this is pure evil, um, as it absolutely positively was. But on the, this um, subject of Satanism, you know, there has always been, a, uh, you know, we have freedom of religion in America. There's always been a, um, a you know, segment of the society that is non-religious, that's atheist, that is, you know, whatever, a little bit turned off by um, by religion for whatever reason. And you can do that in America. You can voice those things in America. But what is different now and what's important to, to grasp of what's happening is this is a cultural movement. This Satanism is a cultural movement. We play the text, the little clip earlier about the woman who heads whatever her Satanist thing was. She heads that up and she's proudly being interviewed. I mean, she looks kind of wholesome. If you saw the video, she looks wholesome. She's like a nice young lady and she oh, used to be an atheist. Now I'm a Satanist. And it's like they are, they are, uh, you know, titillated is one word, but they're also just kind of oblivious to what they're really arguing. They, they think it's entertaining. She said they go to places where Christianity is, is uh, strongly believed in, where you have maybe an after-school club that's called Good News, or you have some other, uh, the presence of some strong Christian faith, and they, they target those areas to show up and, and push Satanism. And it really is, I tried to say at the earlier outset, but I'm going to say it again. Once you lose grounding in the concept of a creator, and like our declaration recites, you know, we were all created by our creator, all created equal. And, and you know, that concept of where life comes from, and therefore from the scriptures where morality comes from, where what marriage is, what all of that, and you're untethered from that, anything goes. Absolutely anything is okay because there are no principles, there are no morals, there's no truth. And so someone's saying, I am transgender and I was born you know, one thing, but I'm changing my body to something else. 
um, that's normal. And, that, and they cannot see a reason why that shouldn't be accepted. This transgender movement in this country is really tied to the, the pushing away, the rejection, the suppression of Christianity. The transgender movement is the LGBTQ, just in your face advocacy, starting as young as kindergarten in public schools, teaching children you can choose your gender wherever you want to be, that's what you are. All of that is, um, all of that is tied together in a mentality that has decided that culture is just going to push away God out of life and, and have no, um, and, and, and have that uh, some sense of larger truth, you know, scriptural truth, spiritual truth mean anything. So that's where, that's what we're fighting. And this is why people like Kyle Sims are so active in the public schools. And the other thing I want to mention, you know, he talked about, um, uh, what's happening at the schools and I showed you what's happening at the Grammy awards. Um, but the other aspect of all this and just why it, it ties to saving America, just like the shows I do that expose, uh, you know, the border being insecure or tax policy strangling, um, businesses or, you know, pushing for socialism as against freedom or the show, the shows when we talk about how terrible uh, and wrong a path it would be to abandon American sovereignty, to embrace globalism, saving the culture and saving children and say, and lifting our culture out of this darkness and ugliness uh, of Satanism is as strong a need, is as powerful a, an effort and, and desirable an effort as are all the other ones I just mentioned. If you fight supporting the border and you fight supporting um, you know, the, uh, having a strong military or you fight for freedom and free markets and against globalism and all that, those are all great battles. But this is an equally important battle too, is are we going to allow this Satanist movement, this utter attack on Christianity, on the Judeo-Christian values of our country, are we going to allow that just to stand and, and leave it because we can't figure out what to do about it because the legislatures won't, won't do anything about it because they don't like being mocked by the uh, just the overwhelming movement of leftism in this country that includes shutting down uh, people who want to talk about the importance of culture and cultural values. The other big thing I want to mention, Kyle Sims mentioned the um, these uh, freak shows, uh, the, um, you know, where we have, mostly it is men dressing up as women, these drag queen shows, men dressing as women. And I'm, this is what I'm going to show you is a little bit racy for our radio listeners. You can go to our website later and watch this americacanwetalk.org, americacanwetalk.org. But what I want to show you is, um, this is a clip of a, um, there's a, a, a drag queen show that was about to start. And someone went in with a camera and just said, talk to these moms, moms bringing their children into watch drag queen shows and saying to them, you know, do you think it's appropriate? I want to just quickly play those. And because I think it's important to understand you can blame the schools, you can blame the radical left, you can blame the teachers, the administrators, but there are parents seemingly oblivious to how bringing their kids to watch sexual perversion in the form of drag queen shows is harmful to them and they don't seem to grasp it. And there are just two little clips we're going to play. Uh, this is the one uh, for Ziggy, moms interviewed outside drag queen shows. Can I ask you a question? Do you find this to be age appropriate for your children? Yeah. I mean, I'm a little more, uh, I'm not as conservative, but I mean, really it's not any different than, I mean, Disney and Disney, they, they have similar things. Like it's really not that far from sex with my father's boss oh. in my father's office. Very, honestly, like I'm body positive. Do you find this to be age appropriate for children? Do I find this to be yeah. age appropriate? Yeah. For my child, yeah. Hello, are you reaching for my titties? Are you hungry? Do you mind me asking how old she is? She's 12. 12. Uh-huh. She's, she knows about sex and I mean, she doesn't see sex. Yeah. Well, I mean, she kind of sees simulated sex in the show. She goes to school. She sees simulated sex all the time. Okay, I cut off the video there. Um, I could have played it longer. But what is being depicted on that stage? And I got to tell you, I am, you know, I think that the way the left has pushed sexuality and has pushed 
you know, uh, Hollywood is like nothing left to the imagination and pushed the whole uh, over sexualization agenda, it kind of works the way the conspiracy theory uh, mindset works. I mentioned the beginning of the show. Conspiracy theory, you know, just when you call something a conspiracy theory, immediately you make people feel hesitant to learn about it, to repeat it, to, to believe in it, because they don't want to be foolish and they don't want to be mocked and they don't want to be treated like they're stupid or that they're just simple minded and they're pushed around. Well, the same thing's happening in terms of the, um, how we in our society talk about, address, accept uh, things like drag queen shows. Drag queen shows are men who are, uh, in my view, not mentally stable. If you're willing a, as a man, as a, you are biologically a man, anatomically a man, and you dress up as a woman and you go on stage and prance around with, you know, artificial breasts and, um, and simulate that. I don't know how quickly that video cut off, but you could, there's actual simulation of extremely, uh, precise, um, depictions of, uh, anal sex of people engaging in, in just every aspect of sex you can imagine. That's what drag queen shows are. And they are, you know, they're not just some guy, you know, just having a pink dress and prancing around stage. They're, they're simulating sex. They're simulating every single perversion imaginable. They're all men dressed as women. And you just saw two mothers walking into that, bringing their kids with them. And, you know, this is part of what's happened. Um, I don't know why those two women and, and other parents brought their kids to those shows, but that's part of what happens when you start to decide that, you know, you don't want to be the, uh, the old fashioned, you don't want to be people thinking you're just kind of like, you know, you're one of the Puritans and you're too, you know, you're old school and you're, you're not with the modern times and everyone takes their kids to drag queen shows now. So why not? And your friends are doing it and you're being convinced and your daughter saying, yeah, my, so my friends, they went too. And you don't have any tethering to morality or any sense of principles as a parent to say, this is not healthy. It's what that one mom said, well, my daughter knows about sex anyway. Okay, she's 12. She probably has some understanding of, of human intimacy and you know where babies come from and all that. But the difference between explaining biology, acting, explaining how you know where babies come from is different from watching mentally ill men who want to dress up as women. And that's what drag queen performers are. You bring your kid to that and you're and you're, you're encouraging them to think this is kind of a normal thing to do. This is, this is within the realm of normal and healthy. We got to this place in society because we have step by step by step by step convinced ourselves. And really it's not, it's not organic. It didn't happen naturally. It is a push from the anti-Christian mindset, a push from the American left that's saying, you know, there's really no reason to be so prim and proper. There's really no reason to think about, you know, intimacy uh, in marriage as, as a private thing. You know, there, there's sexuality should be very public. It can be performed on stage. It's really entertaining. It's fine if you go see, you take your kids to see it. It is a, um, it represents a, or just a depiction of this kind of downturn or, or sliding down the slope in our society. And I know that what I'm saying, I can hear people saying, oh my gosh, she's going off on these things. Why does she stick with border policy and, you know, trade policy and, uh, you know, rule of law on January 6th and all these other really, really important, uh, they're monumentally important issues in our society that I talk about on this show all the time. But this really is too. These kinds of issues are important. If we have a society sliding into where you are a mother and you can't figure out why it's not a very good idea to take your 12 year old to watch men dress as women engaging in, in, in representation, you know, representation of sexual acts of every conceivable kind on stage with music and your kid, maybe they'll get to tuck a, a dollar bill or a $20 bill into the waistband of somebody. And you can't figure out that's the best, uh, that that's not a wise thing to do. You know, you, we, we are in a problem in our society. We've allowed this 
you know, sliding into sexuality as public, everybody does this, no big deal, to the point we cannot, um, we can't rescue ourselves back out. Folks, I, I'm watching the clock here. For our radio listeners, this is Debbie Georgiatis. My show is America Can We Talk. You can watch the rest of the show anytime by going to our website, americacanwetalk.org. You know, folks, as I said uh, or throughout this show, I normally do policies on this show that a lot of people can uh, dive in, talk about, uh, have strong opinions about, explain deeply the importance of, you know, fighting China's invasion of America or defend the rule of law. But defending our culture, defending our society, defending our children from this grotesque over-sexualization of society and this luring children into thinking that anything goes sexually, luring children into thinking this is kind of what everybody does and it's just a darn cool thing because that's you know what we do in our society. Um, we, we do end up with a society full of children um, who don't really have, um, they don't have a sense of what normalcy is in, in a healthy adult relationship. They watch these things on stage and the idea you can't figure out if you take your kids to watch these things on stage that you're going to end up with kids later confused about the idea if sexual morality exists, confused about the idea of whether, you know, there, that it matters, whether you are private and, and or whether you, it's a public display at all times, you just end up with extremely confused children and they lead into extremely confused adults. I understand, you know, throughout American history, there have always been some segment of society that may have been less attentive to their children and allow their children to see things that were not appropriate for their ages. But what we're talking about now in our society is different. It's different. It is the consequence, it is the outcome of a movement, it is an outcome of a Satanist movement, an attack on Christianity, an attack on Christian values, an attack on normal, healthy marriage, an attack on the notion of, of adult intimacy in marriage, which is healthy and normal. And it is a, is a, it's just a downgrading and degradation of morality, of society, and of children. And what Kyle Sims is doing when he shows up and protests at these school board meetings, at these public schools, it's not for everybody because many parents would rather be seen as, you know, not judgmental and inclusive and all these other silly words the left has made up to make sure that you don't ever speak up about anything. But though all those efforts the left has made uh, to make you feel like you shouldn't speak up on these issues gets people to the point where the schools largely, largely presented all of this sexuality, all of this luring children into discussing changing their gender, discussing transgenderism, discussing whether you, you know, uh, what your sexual orientation is. All of that happened while America was mostly asleep. And now that America's awake, the kind of people like Kyle Sims and others willing to speak up, they really are doing a huge part in saving America. I close every show by telling you why the stories we talked about today matter to you. So we started talking today uh, about conspiracy theory tool censorship. Conspiracy theory entered the American lexicon as the Warren Commission tried to fight off widespread public distrust of its conclusion that Oswald was the lone assassin of JFK. Appears to have been a purposeful effort by the federal government. CIA uh, seems that way. Created a tool by which to mock those who doubt official stories and explanations. Running out of gas as a tool of mockery. Too many conspiracy theories coming true. Russia collusion story, a definitive hoax. Lab leak origin of COVID-19. Everyone figured out that was not a hoax. Agency capture of FDA, CDC, WHO, that big pharma, that was considered a conspiracy theory, now is a known fact. Weaponization of DOJ and the FBI, proved by the Twitter files. Hunter Biden laptop, fully authenticated, not Russian disinformation. Government corruption, dishonesty, and deceit, more exposed and widespread than ever, not a theory. And on trendy Satanism is a, as a tool of censorship, Grammy performance by artist Sam Smith is in your face, um, Satanism. Recent Super Bowl halftime shows display similar imagery. 
Hollywood unapologetic yet bleeding viewers and ratings, meaning people are not watching this anymore. Communism Marxism has always sought removal of Christianity from America. Faith has bolstered and enhanced love of freedom. Faith is at the center of family and morality and stability. Destroy faith, destroy America. Rise in Satan worship is not organic. The visibility being given to it is not accidental. This is part of the all-out war on America by communist leftist CCP. Satanism is dark, destructive, and hopeless. Depression and angst follow in its wake. Reject it, resist it. Truth is still true. And that, my very fine friends, is America Can We Talk for today. Before you go, tomorrow we have a wonderful, wonderful guest joining us on the show, Tina Peters. She is the Colorado brave hero who was the county clerk in Mesa County, Colorado. She, through her efforts, has exposed the utter dishonesty of the and utter vulnerability of the Dominion voting machines uh, awaiting criminal trial. And she's coming on tomorrow, which will be great. And Thursday, Yako Boynes is coming on, founder of uh, Yako Boynes Ministries, a fighter against sex trafficking, exposing things happening at the border. So two great shows coming up tomorrow and Thursday. I'm Debbie Georgiatis. It is America Can We Talk. I do this show every Monday through Thursday at 3 p.m. Central Time to talk truth about America because America matters. And I will talk to you next time. about America. Can you hear us now?